Okay, so the Twilight soundtrack, objectively the best film soundtrack of all time, I would yes. say. Yes, to, was to, listening so, to it earlier. Excellent. So you should actually know, like, that Robert Pattinson has two songs on the soundtrack. Let Me Sign being his crowning achievement. Yeah, I so, honestly prefer Never Think, but I appreciate your opinion, Emma. Mm-hmm. So I've I've heard of it like i've heard that he has songs but i've never actually listened to them it's in the movie where bella is laying in the hospital bed and he's like we gotta break up boo boo i'm pretty sure that's the conversation because i'm not good for you and then she's sitting there with the nostril tubes and it's like you can't leave me because we're i mean you know she's like having her panic attack it's playing in the background like let me sign it's like that okay got it but not only does he have let me sign again i prefer never think and that's what's playing when they're in the restaurant and she orders the mushroom ravioli. The only words that I can understand in that entire song are the first words where it says, you never think. And then it's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> like, you have no idea. No, because the restaurant scene, let's talk about that. The restaurant scene, I only wanted to eat mushroom ravioli and drink Diet Coke from the ages of like nine to 17. She gets a regular Coke, dude. <gasps> she had to get her blood sugar up after after the situation. Yeah, she was feeding too at that point. Bleeding for two, if you will. And with that, I think we'd like to welcome all of you to the Hawk Girls Read Romance podcast. My name's Mads and I'm one of your hosts. I'm Kayla. And I'm Emma. We're so cute. Can you tell that we're all like super nervy and like don't know how to introduce ourselves because this is our first episode. Yeah, we'll get better, I swear. I'm not going to make any promises. I will. So I think that this is a good segue into the fact that I am doing a podcast with two Leos. Um, I myself am a uh, Scorpio. Um, So I feel like there's a lot of stardom that Mm -hmm. we have going on in here. I would also say, too, that we are two August Leos, which you will agree, Mads, big distinction between the July and August Leos, as well as, I would argue, the August and September Virgos. I absolutely agree with you, Emma. I, I don't fuck with July Leos. I'm just going to say it. Nothing against you. It's just like, right, like, August Leos are definitely the Leo favorite child. The lion said, this one's for the August babies, so... Yeah, but I mean, we love our Scorpio as well. Right. So we're basically mm-hmm. just a big fuck you to our July Leos. Yeah, that's basically what we're saying. Yeah. Which is, which is odd because like my bestie from like high school, like middle school, high school and college, she's a July Leo, but she is like the 30th, whatever the last day of July is. So she likes right on the cusp. She like right. just missed out. On so the you're train. just like, it really sucks to suck. I'm so yeah, sorry, baby. Like, mm, I go, how does it feel to be born almost... To perfection. How does it feel missing it by one day? I would like to point out that July does have 31 days. So she's a little further off than you think. Yeah. I myself am a October Scorpio. So that's how I feel with October Scorpios versus November ones. Right. No offense to my sister. My sister's also a Scorpio, but she's a November Scorpio. So Mm. there's a reason I am the favorite. That tracks. All of my friends are Scorpios except for one. And they're all except... Most of them are October Scorpios. So I feel like there's something about like Leos, Scorpios, like, right? Like we create a very interesting um, friendship. 
Some may say it's throwing gasoline on a fire. Some could say that. Some yeah. definitely could say that. I don't know what my friends are. I never bothered to find out. I only know what I am. <laughs> Which definitely tracks, I think. Mm, that tracks. Definitely. That absolutely tracks. A bunch and of I them think... are born in April, so whatever that is. <laughs> they could be a Taurus. That they're like the Aries. Yeah. They're, they're, like Air- the, the, they're the middle. What is that? Well, we would need some <laughs> I think we need a date. <laughs> um, I can give you a range. Honestly, I, I don't know if we have time for that today because also knowing that you're an August Leo um, and just knowing you in general, I think you have a lot of friends. I do. What if they're listening? I Hopefully they are. <laughs> you're like, they fucking better be. Yeah, hopefully they are listening because I told them about this and they said, oh, I can't wait to listen. So if that's a lie... Then I won't feel bad for really forgetting your birthday. <laughs> you know, you know what we could do? We could just create little quizzes throughout like mm. the podcast. Oh. And you can ask them about it. You'd be like, yeah, like, so what did you think about this? I'll be like, do you remember that time Mads told us that she was robbed? Yeah. Do you guys listen to that episode where she was robbed? And they'll be like, oh my God. Yeah, it was terrible when he stole that. And I'd be like, what do you steal? Right. What do you steal? Right. And they'll be like, I don't know. And for our listeners, the correct answer is a bed. Also a laptop. <laughs> Bonus points for the laptop. <laughs> Bonus points for the laptop. Yeah. Exactly. The bed is your basics. Um, the laptop, you get extra credit. So yes. just so you know. Yes. And yeah. it wasn't a MacBook. That's. It was a MacBook Pro. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to point out that I did start graduate school very soon after that and was without a laptop. So she said, I'm awesome. I'm intelligent queen to the library. I go to the library. <laughs> I go. It's also very important to point out that Apple care does not assist when it is stolen. Unfortunately, which is a, it's a not bummer. under warranty at that point. You can't call Apple car and be like, it was stolen from me. They'll be like, that sounds like a job for the police. <laughs> They go, coming from the experts of being thieved, apparently, on this podcast, in case you were wondering about AppleCare's warranty. It does not cover stolen goods. Um, especially- and Ikea, once that bed is gone, baby, that bed is, is gone. gone. They said, you once had a king-size mattress, congratulations, you're sleeping on the floor. Let's, let's dive into the next thing, because me and Mads actually talked about this before... For a little bit while you were having technical difficulties, but we won't get into that. We won't get into that. But we are talking about our romance, since this is a romance reading podcast. We are talking about our romance journeys personally and what got us started. The being super obsessed with YA pipeline to realizing oh. you just want to read romance books. Yeah. Because all I cared about throughout those books were if the couples were gonna kiss or not when I was like 13. And then when you grow up, you realize, oh, you just want to read romance books, and then you find that there are books that it's all just kissing and more and then you're like I don't need anything else no because that's the exact same pipeline I think that we all just like live the same life although I started reading when I was older so I started reading when I was fuck, we've been in quarantine for like two years I was like 22 I think when I started reading and it all started with Akatar. I'm one of those people she was (laughs) she was the one She's the one that got me into reading. Um, and people always think I'm being so dramatic when I tell them that Akatar changed my life. But like truly, our pipeline, baby, the life has been changed. The trajectory, she said, 180, bitch. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think like, I think that's so cool. Um, like the experience that you had and like how basically, I mean, my journey was a little bit different, but I think like 
we would be remiss to not mention Akatar here because that's the reason basically that all of us found each other, right? Like yes. without Akatar, we wouldn't we wouldn't be here together. Exactly. Like with Akatar, I swear I personally put that little bitch on a pedestal. Ooh. Um yeah. to an unhealthy degree. Me too. But I will say that it is probably the one book series that I like think about at least once a day. And that's oh, that's something that we won't diagnose ourselves with but I sit there constantly and I'm like I think about it and I think about what who I would be if I never read it which sounds like but like I'm not kidding you I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about Nesta that I don't think about Cassie and I don't think about Resan, Feyre, Tamlin if you will. Tamlin oh oh yes we, I we're um among Tamlin girls Okay, we are okay. Tamlin girls. Before anyone loses their minds, me and Mads just have an appreciation through the Leo gene for drama <laughs> queens. And yes, Tamlin, not great. What he did, bad. But that High Lords meeting, the funniest shit of my oh, life. Oh, oh, that High Lord. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's objectively hilarious. 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 Yeah. Awful. Traumatizing. Funny for an outsider. But then also, right, like, thinking about Tamlin in the first book, he was writing favor like, dirty limericks and also just wanted to play his fucking fiddle. Oh, his fiddle. Um, mm. His fiddle. He said, devil went down to Georgia. And so <laughs> and so here's the thing about Tamlin is that we Emma and I recognize that he is shitty. However, we do also support a Tamlin redemption arc. We just want it to happen very far away from Feyre and the family that she's built. We would like, in a perfect world... For Tamlin to be able to abandon his current position of High Lord and being a menace to the Meadows, if you will, and be able to go forth into the world and play his fiddle to his heart's content. I would love a novella of that man joining a traveling band, of him being able to play his songs. He's going around the towns and he's saying, you know what? What I did was awful, but now I have music in my heart and my fingers on some strings, <laughs> and let me play you a song. What, what would that even be called? Like, it's like just <laughs> Tamlin's, reflect, Tamlin's reflection playing the fiddle. It would be called A Court of Fiddles and Hymns. <laughs> a Court of Devils and Georgia. A Court of Luke and Brian's. Tamlin definitely loves Play It Again by Luke Bryan. But yeah, like, we have to talk about, like, Ektar is the reason, and sometimes I think about, like, you two are going to hate me, but I'm going to think about how I got from Aragon to Akatar. Because- <laughs> um, for everybody that's listening, Emma and I have been subjected to Aragon um, for the past, like, month and a half. Um, this is Mad's current hyperfixation. Big, big dragon fan. Big dragon fan. Some may say that she has written, this is unconfirmed, but some may say <laughs> that she has written self-insert Aragon fanfiction while he's in dragon form. Right? Is he in dragon form? Is he, or is he just the dragon? Does he change? Is wait, before, rewind. Is Aragon the boy, or is Aragon the dra- is the dragon a girl? I I didn't watch the film. I am so there is so much from that I have to unpack. First of all, Aragon is the dragon rider. You dipshit. Second of all, yeah, you uncultured swine. The dragon's name is Serafina, by the way. I'm sorry, it's a Sephira. Oh, shit. The dragon is a girl? Yeah, the dragon's a girl. Women's right. Her. Wait, I should watch that tonight. Now that it's you a woman's dragon. Should. You should. Girl support girls. Girl support girl, Serafina. It's, sorry, it's Sephira. Pardon me. Christopher, I'm really sorry. <laughs> who's Chris? Who's Christopher? 
Christopher is the author. Oh, right. It's written by a man. It's unfortunately written by a man, but excellent book. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just remember reading Aragon because it's an excellent book. I have reread the first two as of like yesterday. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I remember thinking like the entire time, even when it wasn't kind of said that they were going to be a couple, um, like, why isn't, why are Aragon and this elf kissing right now? Just waiting for something to happen in my dragon book that now I get in romance all the time. I want to know, both of you, have you ever heard of a book called Scrambled Eggs at Midnight? Unfortunately, that's going to be a big fan no. <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm dairy free, so absolutely not. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know where eggs come from, Emma? Dairy. Oh. Hello, what? <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait. Rewind. Let's back that up. Wait. Say that again. Say that one more time. E- eggs are dairy. They come from where oh. dairy comes from. No. Oh. Oh, Yes, God. they are. Are you okay? Emma, okay. That's why vegans can't eat them. Nope. Nope. That's, no, that's not. Nope. Okay. Um, dairy <laughs> are things that come from cows, Emma. So, like, cows have the monopoly on the term dairy. <laughs> Yes. yes. That is like what about what about like goat milk? Is that dairy? Those aren't cows. No. no. Yeah, that cuz that's not dairy. So when somebody says that they're dairy free, they aren't They can drinking. drink goat milk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I forgot that you guys are webmd all of a sudden. I'm sorry, but I oh, Emma, I love you so much. Um there's just a lot to unpack there. You heard it here folks. Uh eggs are in fact dairy. Uh to be to be fair, I actually think that I've heard this argument before because eggs are sold in the dairy section in the grocery store. Anyway, I want to talk about scrambled eggs at midnight. First Aragon now scrambled eggs let's go again my journey kind of for reading is a little bit different because I was a weird kid if you haven't picked that up already um my nose was stuck in a book like 24 7 and I read again a ton of dragon books until my seventh grade English teacher gave me this book called scrambled eggs at midnight which if you ever read like the summer I turned pretty or even like you know the early John Green books like very similar vibes about just like a girl who hates her mom. I could be remembering this wrong, but it seems like that was like a very common element in all of the books I read then and like having a crush on a boy. Um, mm-hmm. And that book ch- changed my trajectory. I said, I'm picking up Sarah Dessen. I said, I'm picking up any book that where they could potentially kiss at some point. I, I love that that was your journey. What did I read when I was younger? Fifty Shades of Grey. That wasn't until I was older. In high school. But, like, when I was, like, really into reading, right, because I got out of it. But I went through that phase, like, where I literally was, like, the mortal instruments. Mm. Inject Uh that into my veins. I was, like, mm, love it. I love not being like other girls. Other girls disgust me. Because that was the the virus that infected everyone from the mid, like, mid-2000, like, like, 10s. Like, literally between the years of, like, 2010 I would even go as far as say like 2009 to like 2015 you hated your mom and you weren't like other girls (laughs) yes and unfortunately one of those things is still true for me but I have been subsequently cured of the not like other girls I, I just it it took me a while it did I'm gonna be honest um so my phase with like reading I never got into it because I thought the books that I needed to be reading were like sh- was like shit like Catcher in the Rye. Ugh. And so like I would like 
I'll fucking try. I would buy this shit. And I was like, mm, that's not going to work for me. Um, so it never happened, of course. But I didn't even, romance books just like weren't even on my radar. Um, or YA books weren't even really on my radar either. Um, until I was, what I say, subsequently desperate enough um, one one day and when we went to the beach and I had nothing else to do. Um, and that book was Akatar. And yeah, here we are today. It's such a weird pipeline, right? Because when you're reading YA constantly, like I loved the Angel books, which I think is fitting for what mm-hmm. we'll talk about next time. Fallen literally defined who I was as a middle schooler. Like I was like, let me go to a Georgia uh school for degenerates send me away send me to boarding school let's talk about fallen for a second because that truly was the first book i was ever obsessed with but there's really good things in that book the whole reincarnation plot line spoilers for a book that's been out since like 2009 but like the whole <laughs> the whole reincarnation plot line is so good and that third book where it's just her going through their past lives together amazing yum some of the like worst characterizations I've ever seen. Daniel is a fucking asshole. Why I thought I wanted someone like that in my life? To the streets, Daniel. He was awful to her. I remember he flips her off in the first book and I was like, hello? It's truly astounding how I realized like the grip that the patriarchy had on me and like those just terms like if he's mean to you it means that you you know he likes you so I look back at characters that I loved as a child and I go I look at them now and I'm like I I I needed to be arms of an angel again like Emma said every single YA book had that like not like other girls and wanting to be different from all of the other women around you and wanting to be better than them and having a man that treated you worse than them somehow was like the perfect formula for love the grip also like I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Twilight but more so the grip that existed between you know 2005 and 2015 of paranormal romance Mm -hmm. right like so fallen angels werewolves vampires I'm still a slut for a vampire but like Oh, right. yeah, we like, all are. Yeah. Somehow, because they're paranormal, they got an excuse to just be like the worst men on the planet, and the women loved it. That whole sphere, that whole time frame of books with peace and absolute love to everyone who was writing at that time came out of that new wave of quote unquote feminism that anything inherently feminine and girly oh. was the work of the devil. Exactly. No, a flashback to me literally asking for Hot Wheels so my dad would like me more. Like, literally, that just gave me, like, I'm glad, though, like, I will say this, like, the popularity of, like, clinch covers coming back. Oh, baby. Oh, I love it. I am so obsessed with, like, the ripped bodice. And anything that's just, like, inherently, like, was deemed this, like, super anti-feminist. Because, right, like, we own it now. So suck on that. People being able to define what they like and to like it unapologetically um, is something that I would have benefited from so much in kind of that, like, formative time. It took me so long to come back from, like, being ashamed of, like, the things that I like. Like, for example, Aragon. Which we love you for. We love, we love, Emma, shh. Right, like being able to like what you like and to have like support around that and to not really care if other people like it or not, I think is <laughs> so cool. Emma, 
Aragon is good, okay? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, listen, I love that you have found acceptance with Aragon. Just not in this group. <laughs> just not in this group because, listen, I said girl support girls. Maybe not with Aragon, though, unfortunately. But I think you make a really good point because... You know, Twilight was very important. Again, we'll go back because we're all a part of the Twilight pipeline. Absolutely. But yes, this is a, I love telling people this fun fact. But with Twilight, like when I was watching it, when I first saw that movie, when I was in the fourth grade, when I was nine years old, right? Is that all you, anyway, when, however you Jesus old are. Jesus Christ, how old am I? Uh, we won't get into that either. I know that's a touchy <laughs> subject. Um, <laughs> but when I saw it for the first time in the theaters and it changed who I was, it changed my life. It really brought me and my mom together. We went and saw that movie, I think 10 times in the theater. We read the books together. Like it really like was something we bonded over. And then every night when you're, you know, that young, you watch E, you watch entertainment tonight, you watch all of that stuff. And you're just bombarded with, this is the worst thing ever. People who like this are stupid. Look at how crazy these teenage girls are. They're ridiculous. Like, isn't this embarrassing? They're going to be so embarrassed embarrassed when they're older and like you're just inundated with that and like it's something that people at school would like now I wouldn't I fucking punch those kids but when you're like 10 that like hurts your feelings and like yeah you feel stupid for liking something that isn't for the people who are making fun of it and that's what we've learned growing up is like a lot of this stuff is a hard pill for some people to swallow, but it's literally not for you. Well, and the things that are popular are so heavily driven by teenage girls, right? Yes. People yes. use that as an excuse to make fun of it. But think about the music that we listen to, the books that we read, the stuff that we watch. It's so heavily influenced by women in general, but specifically teenage girls, right? Like Twilight, that age between 15 yes. to 25 at that point in time, that was a that was a a whole thing. That was a moment in time that can never be replicated. Um, And it was a movement driven by girls who had something to read that they loved and they didn't care that like somebody else might see it as stupid. And I will say this, you know, that whole like uh, not like other girls movement was derived from like societal contempt, right? Like it doesn't, it's, it adds up, right? That like as a teenage girl, you would want to remove yourself from like all of this just, because like Emma said, I mean, the Twilight, you know, I remember I didn't get to go see it in the movie theater because I was in that phase where I was like, oh, I, I, I don't like that. I don't, I, I dislike that, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I'm, I'm again, not like other girls because I didn't want to put myself in the crossfires of, you know, what everybody else was saying. And Robert, Robert Patterson had greasy hair. I remember, God, that was like the pinnacle, like a thing that I would just, I was like, write that down, write that down. So like, I can use that at like another point. So they don't think, you know, I'm a girl who likes Twilight. Um, I love Twilight, mind you. Um, and it wasn't until it was like on TV, the first two, um, Twilight New Moon. Um, and I watched it with my sister and my mom. That shit had me enthralled. I go, baby, I, I missed out. And from that point on, I saw all of them in theaters and I loved them. Um, and I think that's so disappointing, right? Like I get upset about that because it's like you for somebody like me, I felt like I missed out on reading and watching all of these shows because I was just so resistant to putting myself, yeah, into that, into that, in that group that everybody hated, basically. Right. And you know what? Robert Pattinson does have greasy hair, but he <laughs> is the fucking bomb. And I will go to bat for that man. And I love that I never know. 
if he's lying or telling the truth. No, because he's been doing stuff for the Batman promo, and he still has me right by the throat. Same oh, as yeah. when I was when I was going through puberty. Same thing now. That what was that for GQ? That like photo shoot he did that was oh, all weird and like cyberpunk. Oh my god, I ate it up, ate it up, Robbie. Yeah. I remember film. I remember filming the Twilight trailer where he walks into the cafeteria on my on my chocolate. The cho- my chocolate I had a chocolate. Phone. I had, a, I had a chocolate touch. But no, Kayla, and I think like there are probably like there, there are so many things I excluded myself from for fear of right, like being a part of that crowd and being and being like other girls. And now, right, the three of us say this all the time. It's like, I really would like to be like other girls because other girls are fucking awesome. Yes, that's where our name ultimately is derived from, right? Like hot girls. Like it sounds very, you know, like our brand and kind of going into all of that. Like we really wanted to focus like being like ultra feminine and like super pink and just talking about romance books and everything that. I think that a lot of us missed out on in some capacity and just like fully embody it. Um, That's at least like how I feel because I just felt like so deprived for so long. And now I'm like, give me everything. So, you know, hot girls is like a mentality, you know, like it's being like other girls and like a sense of community and like women support women um, and men men are the enemy of course (laughs) (laughs) and I think like the thing that you touch on there that is like something that I think is really important to all of us as we think about kind of the space that we like to create is being a hot girl is a state of mind right like it's a state of mind and everyone is welcome here as long as you're hot (laughs) right and you the only you know it's easy to be hot you have to just be kind and like a good person and if you're like a fucking i mean we're kind of all assholes i'm gonna be honest but like but in like in a fun way yeah and not like putting other people down you know and like uh we just really really like ourselves and i think that that's important and i think that's empowering right especially we're talking about this we've been like literally socialized and trained to hate ourselves from day one yes yeah and so if you like yourself or you're trying to like yourself in whatever capacity that means for you you're a hot girl I don't care welcome we want you welcome yes exactly and like you're also trained not only to hate yourself but to hate other women and we're trying to do away with that like other women being your main competition it's cool to like it's cool to have your female friends it's cool to have everything it's cool to be into stuff that is for you and you don't have to feel ashamed and you don't have to feel like it's weird because there's someone else who's into the same stuff as you anything you like to read anything you like to do there's someone else out there and with the invention of the world wide web you can find your people a hundred percent and I think that like just to add on top of this because I feel like my experience to like somebody like Emma is like very different um because uh, when it comes to like female friendships, like Emma, it has a ton of female friends and she's very popular. My little Leo, they're two little Leos are so popular. Um, and I went through again, we've, we, we know this. She was, a, took her a hot minute. You know, when I went to college, like I lived with unfortunately the men I lived with men and I really only was friends with men um and I it like so severely impacted me in like not a good way um and 
it, I was so desperate. Like when I moved out of college, I was so desperate for female friendships. And once I started gaining those through like similar interests and hobbies, I realized like, I was like, I was not living. Like, I have been with my boyfriend now for four years and he unfortunately gets a little neglected because we will, I am on the phone with these two like all of the time because I don't know what I would do without them. It's crazy. So yes, female friendships. And I think that I'm like, this is my, this is my theory. And I don't think I'm that. I don't think I'm that far off. I, my theory is, is the men, they try to separate you, right? Like they don't, the church doesn't want you to, to gossip. That was like a whole big thing. And gossip right. keeps the girls together. It does. Because we're stronger together, ladies. We are. And I think, um, God, you just really hit the nail on the head there of kind of like what we're about and why we're important to one another and kind of why we're doing this podcast. Um, right. We wanted to come together in a space where we get to talk about what, we want to talk about um with hopefully an audience that likes <laughs> what we're talking about as well because this kind of friendship this trio has been life-changing for each of us in different ways uh, we're and we're hoping to like really expand our hot girls read romance community and we yeah. hope that and we really hope that you know listening to three the three of us talk about things that we love helps make you want to talk about things that you love in different ways. And hopefully we can talk to you about things that you love. Um, because again, the World Wide Web exists and we have so many opportunities to connect with one another because again, the ladies, we're stronger together. Kayla, you mentioned something that I think is really interesting and Emma mentioned it too, is how we fall into the Twilight pipeline. And I think that's just some fun context. So I think I'm going to punt it over to you. Well, <sighs> Emma, I feel like you have a better trajectory on the whole, like, no, I feel like you were well-versed in the culture of the the Twilight to Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, we, first we got to start with My Chemical Romance, and and I'm the expert there. Well, first, Madeline Bird, we have to start with 9-11. Oh. Right. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Let the You're experts right. speak. So first we have to start with 9-11. And then yeah. we rest in peace. Yes. Tragic event. Never forget tragic Never event. Never forget. But, and this is the whole pipeline. It's that whole, you know, the red yarn on the the wall connecting the dots. Like, if there had been no 9-11, there would be no My Chemical Romance. If there's no My Chemical Romance, then Stephanie Meyer is not having a dream about Gerard Way being a sparkly vampire and then basing a internationally best-selling series about him. If there was no Twilight, there would then be no Twilight fan fiction, Master of the Universe by Ice Princess, Fire Dragon, what was E.L. James' original username? I think it was something like that. Who then takes Master of the Universe and turns it into Fifty Shades of Grey. But I think that it's just so interesting because we talk about it all the time, like, we will give credit where credit is due. And Fifty Shades of Grey may not be your cup of tea, but it opened the door to where we have so many different things now and really said, this is what I like, you know, some people read it for the wrong reasons, just to make fun of it. Some people, you know, really identified with it because it was the first time I really do believe much like Twilight was the first of its kind. This was the first time like erotica was being sold yeah. everywhere and people were reading it proudly and they didn't care what people thought. And yeah. like now, you know, that was so, I was trying to explain this to my mom. Love talking to her. Shout out Paula. Mama um, Paula. I like, was trying to explain to her like 50 shades of gray 
at the time was like the most wild, dirty, crazy stuff. Now we're reading about people stabbing each other and using the blood as lube, right? Like right. we've really, we've really gone so far, you know, past it. Then now you read it and you're like, I read the most recent one from his point of view, Freed, plug. Um, and it's relatively tame. Like, yeah. I remember, like, I remember everyone being up in arms in the first one because he takes out her tampon to, like, have sex with her. And everyone being like, what the fuck? This and, is like, crazy! And now it's like, mm, but do you know what blood play is? <laughs> right. I'm like, is he not, is, are they not spitting cum into each other's mouth? No? Okay. Oh, okay. weird. That's odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think going off of that, though, with the Fifty sh- Shades of Grey craze, that is what propelled indie publishing like romance publishing yeah um into the stratosphere so and like for all intensive purposes i mean smut talk wouldn't be what it is today but i mean like book talk any of that stuff so we wouldn't be where where we are um 90 god 90 percent of the books i read now are self-published yes yeah and i think right like romance has existed forever right like you talk about the clinch cover um but the thing is, is romance hasn't existed in something that can be packaged and mass produced and, you know, consumed by so many people kind of unabashedly and unashamedly. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like you said, like it was that change that happened kind of in the mid 2000s just really propelled that. We talked about a clinch cover and like Emma has like a collection that is just so beautiful and Kayla has some and I have some and like getting to dive into this history that is so cool like pulp romance covers i'm obsessed with it's Mm -hmm. so fucking cool and like i never would have known about it if it wasn't for 50 shades so like thank you being unashamed to tell people what you read and what you like to read because you would not believe like people ask me what i like to read now and i used to like blush and be like oh it's like like romance like uh but now i'm just like um so this sleep paralysis demon he's got a vibrating tail and he comes to visit her in her dreams and they fuck like crazy yes you know and yes and it's like now you know because it's like right like i'm 23 i'm an adult we're all adults like at this point I don't really care what other people think anymore. And I think that that just comes with growing up, being a hot girl. You're not hurting anybody by reading this stuff. Other people are into it. And I have not had one person, when I tell them the type of job I do or the type of books I read, be like, what is that, you degenerate? Like, people are genuinely interested because, like, it's becoming more normalized. It truly is. Yeah, and I will say from that, I think my big shift with all of that really came with book talk. I was not at all the type of person to make a make an account to post videos. Um, but when I read Akatar, fun fact, I literally thought I was losing my mind. Like I literally thought that I might need to take a grippy sock vacation. Like it, I was googling things. I said, "Is this normal?" Um, turns out, I was just. It's called hyperfixation. Um, I was undiagnosed with ADHD at the time, and we learned a lot about ourselves. Um, and it was great, but it propelled me into this space where I all of a sudden talk to people that all like to read the same things, right? And I think with that and creating a, a platform and realizing that I was like, oh my god, people are actually interested in this. I have a job in this now. It really gives you that confidence boost that, like, you need that you realize that it's just like, yeah, if you think that this is stupid, like, fuck you. Like, it, like, 
there are so many people that I look at that I went to school with. And, you know, I think as you get older, you realize you're like, it does not matter what these people think about me, like from high school. And I know, you know, if you are in high school and, or you're just out of high school, um, it's hard because like, those are the people that you were with for so long, but it truly, they do not matter. And you should always just be doing what makes you happy. And you should never be ashamed about that. And that's what we're going to be talking about on the Hawk Girls Read Romance podcast. Her, exactly. Right? Yeah, going into that, yeah. <laughs> Basically, we're here. We're here to talk about romance, obviously. We're here to talk about books that we love. We're here to talk about what's going on in the book community, what's going on in the romance community, how, you know, each and every one of us fit into this just absolutely epic stratosphere that is romance and romance landia um and also hopefully being able to talk to other folks in the, in the book community like authors and um folks who might have large followings on different types of book platforms so uh we're excited to kind of bring all of this to you uh we wanted to do something different a more broad approach we'll still discuss books that we love and books that are big and that's actually going to be our second episode is a very recent big release that we're so yes. excited to talk about um but also hopefully we'll be able to just talk about romance in general and the impact it has on each of us every day yeah i definitely think the goal of this you know as much as it is book centric and you know literary focused Mm -hmm. we kind of want this to feel like a conversation with your friends because this is what we do this is like what we talk about with each other and we want it to just feel like when you listen you're not listening to us have a conversation but that you're having a conversation with us as well and I think you know as much fun as it is like talking about books which is obviously what our next episode will focus on I think these discussions are so important to have A hundred percent. I think just going off of that is, like you said, it's like, you know, we we talk about what specific, you know, of course, specific books, and hopefully we'll get some really cool authors on here as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, books are such an integral part to everybody's life. And I get so excited when somebody else discovers what they like to read and see how it, it, it affects them and it changes them. I'm such a different person from two years ago from the things that I I read and realizing how important representation is and being able to empathize with people, I think even easier than before because you're literally reading stories about situations all of the time. Um, And so as much as I think talking about these specific stories, like you said, Emma, and like you said, Mads, is I think that yeah, we want to like create like a, a girl space, like a, a, a place that you can talk to your like girlfriends about fun, sexy, fictional men, but also like fuck the patriarchy. We're so excited to do kind of some in-depth kind of character analysis for characters that we love. So definitely look forward to that. And one thing that I think is really telling about each of us. So if you are Uh, So obviously our zodiac sign, but we've covered those. But just as important to us, at least as our zodiac signs, are our top three Sarah J. Mass men. We feel like it says a lot about us. Um, The fact that we're friends also, like it it matches up. Like you'll hear what we'll say and you go, wow, that is the same. 
let me kick us off here because yes. I think the analysis of this is really intriguing. So I think one thing that you'll notice is that we have some common denominators, but each of us have one that is different. And that one so heavily reflects on like our personality and like what like generally we look for in like a man. And I think it's absolutely hilarious. So in third place for me, we've got Cassian. Um, we love him. He is a warrior. He's strong. He's tough. He's funny. Um, I feel like also Cassian wouldn't exist without Emmett Cullen there. I'm going to say it. But he's number three for me. Number two at this point in time, who used to be number one, is Rowan from Throne of Glass. I love a strong, broody warrior type. Oh my God. I can't think about him too much because I'll spiral. And if you want me to spiral anymore, number one is what's going to cause like the, the big one. And that is Hunt fucking Athalar from Crescent City. I love him. Our man with the foot fetish. I love him. Our man with the foot fetish and his backwards sunball cap. We Ugh. need more men wearing backwards we sunball do. caps. We do. Baseball caps in fantasy. I love Hunty Baby. Right. That leads me to mine. And okay. mine's very similar. Yep. So mine is in third place is Cassian. I I love him. I think he is so funny, but I cannot be with a man that talks more than me. I can't be with a man that's funnier than me. I can't. My ego just couldn't allow it. I want to kind of guess if you like me. You know, I'm like, yeah. mm, baby, don't talk to me. That's very cute and fun and fresh for me. In number in second place, our foot fetish king himself, Hunt Athelar. Now I will say this. I will say this. He flipped into first place for a second. He did. He did. I know. Um, but it flipped back because number one, number one, we have either you love him or you fucking hate him. <laughs> the man himself, Rhysand. Oh, that man has me by the throat. Oh, I love him. So, uh, yeah. That's how I feel about Rowan. And I feel like when I reread Throne of Glass, he'll bump back, bump back to number one. But yes. Hunt is just on my mind right now, but I appreciate your love for Resand. I don't think there's anyone else that I know that loves him with such conviction. Oh, baby, don't worry. I have enough love for all of us. I love that. And speaking <laughs> of love, this is who I love. You're like, onto something that actually matters, my opinion. <laughs> Let's get back to the important stuff, which is what I have to say. And that is my top three SJM men. So I will admit, after reading Crescent City 2, Hunt also bumped into first place for me. But I also reread Akasif. So my original list has been shuffled around, but the top three still remain the exact same. So in third place, unfortunately, I know if I ever reread Throne of Glass, he'd probably go back up to number one. But in third place is Mr. Lorcan. I love him. And here's why. That man sucks to everyone else but his girl. And that's that kind of dead. He's also seven feet tall. You know? Oh, so I haven't read Throne of Glass, but that bit of information delectable and and let's just say like he's cutting up his shirt when she gets her period because she's a human he said bleed on me no literally he he was probably into that so i love him i think he has one of the most beautiful lines in throne of glass ever i'll spiral if i think about it too long but in third place is lorkin second place this may be controversial i have to go with hunt athlar i do hey i have to because when i 
I love him. And Crescent City like sealed the deal for me because he's just very realistic. And I think that's what puts him in second place is because he's so realistic. I do like the slightly fantastical edge that my number one has and which my number one obviously being Cassian. And here's why. I love that man from the first page he appeared. I said, that one's coming home with me. I, and rereading Akasif through new eyes after reading Crescent City 2, like, there's a lot of nuance to him that I didn't see the first time. He's a bit more complex than I gave him credit for. And he's, like, a perfect example of someone who, like, will love you through thick and thin. Oh, our girl Nesta did that for us. <laughs> no, he took one look at her and he went, that one's coming Ooh, home with me. Coming That's home with mine. me. I'm That's mine. That's stick beside her. I just, there's something, about, I can't explain what it is, but I just love him. But Hunty Baby, Hunty Baby was number one for a long, like after I read Crescent City 2. He really was because he's right. so good. I he's think so the good. whole Hunt situation though is a controversial one in or a controversial opinion in the community because I never see him on anybody else's list. We we'll we'll get into this in a, at a later date of our yeah. of our complete love of Hunt because I will spiral. I will spiral. I love that man and I will go to bat for that man because he needs to be defended from some of y'all. But so now you have some insight into us. I feel right. Like it's, that's like one of those things when you ask somebody like their favorite movie or like their favorite song um, and it tells you a bunch about them. I think like your top three SJN men really. Yeah. It's like niche enough, but I think it's a very fun where it's like, oh, what's your top three? And I'm like, "Mm, got it. I will say it. Do you have Asriel in the top three? Just know that I see you and I hope you see me. And we'll (laughs) leave it there. We'll leave it right there. Well, everyone, I think that sort of sums up what we wanted to chat about with this first episode here. Hopefully you guys have a better insight into who we are and what this podcast will be about. Next episode, like we've teased a few times, we will be discussing in depth Crescent City 2. We'll be talking theories. We'll be talking characterization, plot points, romance, of course, because SJM did feed us a little bit of a feast there, and I can't wait to discuss it more, but it will be filled with spoilers, so please come, having read the books. Um, If you want any updates or to connect with us, because we do actually want to hear your top three SJMN, you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast. So yeah, this was really fun. I had a great time. Did you guys have fun? I had so much fun. I love you guys. Mm. I love you guys. And like, we're just you know. so much fun. We're so yeah. we're, we're so great. That's why we have a podcast. I love you guys. And I'll say it. I may love you more than Mads loves Aragon. Whoa. Oh, those are, that's a bold claim. Mm-hmm. That's about as mushy as we'll get. That's yeah. about as mushy as we'll get. Yeah. I love you crying. more than Mads loves Aragon. Throw it on a Valentine's Day card, baby. And Aragon, not the name of the dragon. The more you know. The more you know. The and she's a girl. Know. The dragon's a girl. And she's dragon's a girl. A girl. The dragon is a, the dragon's a hot girl. She is strong. She, she wins is a hot, she's a she's a hot girl. Oh, purr. Perfect. Well, everyone, <laughs> go read your favorite romance book. Go read Aragon if you want to. <laughs> and come back and talk with us next time. Bye everyone. Bye. We'll see you later, hot girls. <laughs>